So I have a question for all the crazy ant followers out there and it calf listeners. Um, do you guys like puppies? Roof. Roof. Or some kittens? Some little meow meow? I mean, because we got the one and only Chad Atkins coming on the show to talk about his nonprofit Paul Works. Mm, I'm excited about I'm it. I'm so super excited. It's, it's so different than what we've ever done before. It's totally different from anything we've ever done before. And and it's but and yet still one of the more entertaining interviews <laughs> yeah. that we've had. And he the guy even gives you a tidbit. He even throws out some celebrity gossip and news. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, you know, I, I just really fun, but all kidding aside, guys, the importance of what he has to say about you know taking care of pets and, yeah. and helping the overpopulated, overcrowded population of you know animals and and different things. It's just it's a really great interview, you guys. It is definitely don't want to miss it. It's honestly one of my favorites, and I'm super excited for everyone to listen. But that is later on the show. Now let's get a little crazy. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we got a lot to talk about today. (laughs) A a lot of shit going down. Uh, Breaking news, uh, we're going to get to that. But yeah, I'm so excited about the breaking news. (laughs) Jerry Um, Ying, are you paying attention, my man? Right. Hold (laughs) up, get ready. (laughs) Oh my goodness, but you guys know it's episode 126 this week. Oh my goodness, it's insane. I'm happy to be back with my host, my fellow co-host here, <laughs> the mouth one and only. What's up? That's right, myself, JLo, fantastic. You know what it is. And then, of course, we're talking industry news. I mean, everybody knows that uh, Jam Master J got murdered, unsolved. Well, now there's some indictments, guys. Mm-hmm. There's some indictments. Then, but of course, we've got Disney streaming services, Warner Media, all this good stuff. Oh a lot of gosh. superhero stuff. So too. much Batman news dropped this week, it's guys. Excited, and we've got it all. Hell yeah! Yeah. Oh my goodness! And of course, before we get this thing started, you guys know where you can shop for the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear on CrazyAntMedia.com. So much amazing things up there right now. Be sure to head over there and get them while you can. Yes. Because they're going quick. They're going quick. Yes. Um. Now, I mean, <laughs> breaking news. Fuck it. Let's start with Woo-hoo! it. The bitch Aunt Becky. Yes, Aunt <laughs> Becky going to the clinker. Finally. She's going to jail. Yeah, buddy. That's right. Sentencing happened today, and we are excited because Aunt Becky, and boy, if you guys could see the picture that we have, and we will be posting it, she is not happy. I don't know. Aunt not. Becky is going to jail. Lori <laughs> Laughlin, guys, and her husband were sentenced today for their part in the school, college school bribery scandal. Yeah. And in fixing their daughters and admissions to uh usc and whoo she was not happy um (laughs) she was just sentenced right before we started recording and her husband was sentenced this morning and the judge threw the maximum at at them for their plea deal remember we told you a couple weeks ago they had finally pled and 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 you know said they were guilty and um apparently even the plea deal was kind of lenient in our opinion, but yeah. they were still trying to get that shit reduced, and the judge was having no part of it. <laughs> um, Lori was sentenced to two months in jail. Yeah, not two weeks like Felicity Huffman. No. Two months in jail, of which she was trying to get out of, and the judge was saying, nope, two months. The husband got five months in jail, and not just jail, guys. They're going to federal prison. Mm. Like, not the country clubs. No. Like, federal prison, okay? They're going to prison prison. She, she go, Lori Laughlin going to be that, you know, orange is the new black jumpsuit. Like, right. it's going to be really With good. With, like, murderers and shit, like. 
And then here's my best part, and I'm going to be reading this because I want to get it exactly right. But apparently she finally, guys, Aunt Becky finally tried to show some remorse. She was even a little crying, mm. wiping like the little mm. tears from her face. Mm. And, and this is what she said, guys. Apparently she said to the judge that she thought she was helping her daughters out of love, but she came to understand that she broke the law and was complicit in widening the inequalities both in the country's educational system and society as whole, and that realization weighs heavily on her as she was wiping the tears from her face. Now, the judge said... That while he thought that was genuine, he didn't care. He went on to say, and this is my favorite part, he turned to her and said, okay, I think your apology is genuine, but But. as an admired, successful, professional actor with two healthy children, a long-standing marriage, and more money than you could possibly need, you stand before me a convicted felon, and for what? For the inexplicable desire to have even more. And then he went on and said, We can only hope you will spend the rest of your charmed life, as you've said you will, making amends to the system and the people that you have harmed. Uh, yes! That judge was like having none of that no. shit. He's like, clink, boom! It's like, even if you do realize now, it's a little too late. Uh, yeah. So, I mean... Fuck I, you, Aunt Becky! I'm happy about this. Me I'm happy too. about this. I mean, of course, like... If that was a normal person, it would have been more than oh, two months. Oh, it'd be months. years. It yeah. would be like like, and I'm hoping though that it's just still the full sixty days. Yeah. Like, remember Felicity Huffman got like two weeks, and she actually only ended up spending a, a couple of days in jail yeah. for time off for good behavior. But I don't think Lori or her husband they were trying to deny it all the way up the till the very time. last second, and they were not remorse at all. And while the judge might have bought that shit, I don't think she was genuine at all. No. I think that was still trying to get out of that two months in jail. So I don't want that that good behavior bullshit. No, all sixty days in jail. That's yeah. what I'm saying. If Aunt Becky gets out anything less than sixty days, I call bullshit, man. Yeah. I mean, it just definitely make me question the judicial system and the, just the system in general. Like yes. after that. I mean, it just shows that fucking, if you have money, you're somebody and you can work the system. That's right. That, that, and right, right. There are people in jail is. for like 10 years yeah. for crimes far less exactly. than what she did. Exactly. And and so, come on, guys. Come on. Yeah. 2020 Biden. Right. 2020 Biden. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Remember Aunt Becky in November, okay? Exactly. The judicial system needs some work. That's all I'm saying. All right. Uh, but yes, just wanted to break that news right here on Inside the Crazy Ant yes. Farm because you guys know we've been talking about it a lot. Every step of the way, we've been talking about this shit. And finally getting sentenced we're gonna have a party afterwards oh right? yeah, yeah you know yeah. you know tequila shots that's right and becky great. clinker party it's right. gonna be great yes right. uh, <laughs> but like i teased a little bit earlier um run dmc's jam master jade the dj uh now uh it was, his murder was going unsolved for like what 19 20 years yeah. or some stupid yeah shape. it's crazy yeah um but apparently um somebody that was initially considered a suspect way back in the day mm-hmm 
has finally been arrested. Yeah. Um. Well, we should say charged because he, he's actually yeah. in jail already on another because that's how great a person he is. Yeah, I mean, um, we talk about it fucking <laughs> the rap game and the streets are like very parallel. So this is even more fact right it, here. Exactly. So you might remember the name, right? So uh, Ronald Washington and Carl Jordan Jr., mm-hmm. they were indicted on the charges of murder while engaged in drug trafficking. Apparently, this was a drug deal that Jay was trying to, to, to do. And um, they felt he was backstabbing them or, 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 you know, not doing the deal with them. And that's why they murdered him. That's the theory anyway. Um, it says uh, Jay, and we're talking about, you know, Run DMC's Jay, whose real name was Jason Mazel. Apparently, they're claiming that he excluded the two guys from a multi-state drug deal. And then they retaliated by conspiring to murder and kill him. And what's crazy to me is one of these guys was literally staying in his house. Yeah. Like fucking that close to him, that much of a friend, but was literally staying in his house and fucking killed him. And what's crazy is is that, uh, you know, the other two members of Run DMC and Jay's family and everybody tried to warn him. This guy's a piece of shit. Don't why, – why are we taking him into the house? Why are you doing this stuff? You shouldn't be involved with this guy. They tried to warn him, and yet there it was. So – he is the one, we're talking about Washington, he's currently serving a federal prison sentence stemming from a string of robberies uh, that he committed while he was on the run after being questioned about Jay's death. What the fuck? So the other guy was picked up and apprehended and now in custody as well. But so, like, he was a person of interest. They questioned him, and then he took off. Yeah. That should have said right like, there, that's shady your business. guy. Shady business right there. <laughs> you know, but, like, what the fuck? That's anyway. insane. That's insane. But I'm happy that they're starting this process. Now let's catch uh, Biggie and Tupac's fucking killers. If they are not dead, who knows? I That's mean, right. It could be in Cuba. We don't know. We don't but, know. Uh, but yeah, it's just I'm happy to see something like this because it uh, brings justice to their family and brings closure, really. I mean, so they can figure it all out. Yeah, and it just goes to show you that. It doesn't matter how many no. years, how many the you're golden, gonna get caught. The Golden State serial killer, like that shit was in the seventies. <laughs> exactly. Like that man was eighty some years old. They got him. He was like, like "Let me take out my uh, what was it, roast beef or like he was yeah. cooking a pot roast or some shit. Let me take <laughs> this true. out of the oven." That's like, true. Okay, you do something right. stupid, you're gonna get caught. Exactly. All right. That, all right. That's the moral of the story. And <laughs> and I'm excited because we're gonna be able to watch uh, Washington and this other guy and the whole story about Run DMC. You know, on forensic files and about. A year. Yeah, it's right. gonna be great. Like, oh how'd they goodness. get him? It was some cloth, like yeah. on his shoe or something. I don't know, but it's gonna be great. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, now you guys know we love the Mouse House, starting mm. with it. Disney, the Walt Disney Company, has reinstated executive salaries for most of those who are impacted by the temporary cuts because of COVID nineteen. Uh, this makes sense because yeah. I mean, a lot of people, their businesses themselves were just trying to stay afloat and they were trying to uh, keep people afloat as much as possible. But this was a crazy thing to me. Bob Chappick, you guys know, the new CEO, had to take a 50% salary cut. Yeah, Dang. yeah, and most of the uh, vice presidents in the company took uh, 25% yeah. uh, cuts. Now, that this is good news for them. Yeah, Okay. for sure. But I'm hoping that we follow this up next on next week's show that all of the employees that were either furloughed or laid off or cut or something – are also going to get their job back or, exactly. or get – because if you're going to give yourself your full salary back but not bring back a furloughed employee, then to me that's a problem. I agree. So let's – but good news for them. And 
Bob Iger, you are the man, okay? <laughs> he because, was like, guys, Iger has refused to take his salary yeah. back. He gave up the salary during all of this, said he would not take a salary, and is not going to take a salary, even though they've reinstated all of this. This is so. why he's my favorite, Bob. Yeah, he. <laughs> <that's> <laughs> like, right. like, I'm just saying. <laughs> when you have Bob squared, you have to pick a favorite. You do. And Iger is the one. I like the one with hair. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, Bob Alpha, <laughs> Alpha Bob, uh, he is my favorite. I will just go. He just seems like such a good dude. He he's really a good dude. He's really a good dude. I, I just we cannot stress that enough. Yeah, but that's good things. That's good things, especially trying to get back on their feet for after this pandemic. That's and, right. And I mean, more exciting things happening at Disney. Disney Plus has announced a new original series, uh, The Right Stuff, uh, will debut with a two episode premiere on October 9th. And it's based on a book by the same name by Tom Wolfe. Yep. And based on the movie, The Right Stuff. You mm-hmm. know, we've been talking about this one for like for a couple of months now, yeah. but we couldn't get a, a date. Like, yeah. when's it coming? When's it coming? It was supposed to be on Nat Geo, but then the whole Disney Plus thing. Now Nat Geo's on Disney Plus, so it's like, when is it coming? When it? Now we know. Exactly. Now we know. Well, I mean, we were just talking about on uh, It Calf Behind <laughs> the Scenes and on last week's show, they are definitely lacking in the original programming part, and they're, they're focusing. I mean... I, maybe we talk too soon. Me personally, I yeah, probably yeah. talk too soon. No, but it's okay. Uh, but, I mean, we're just we're just reporting on what we see at the moment, and I'm happy to see this. Though, I mean, I have no doubt because it's Disney. We yeah. love Disney, but... and it's Patrick J. Adams. Yeah, right. Patrick J. Adams <laughs> is is the star of it, guys. And man, check out the trailer because the trailer was intense. It looks really good. I mean, I loved the movie, so I think this is going to do really well. Yeah. And if you needed any other reason to watch it more than Patrick J. Adams. Danny Strong's in it. Oh boy! Our buddy Danny Strong is in it. He so got invited. That's right. He got it. That's right. He got invited to that one. Well, he's still waiting on that phone call for Batman, but Hell he got yeah. invited to the right stuff, and so super excited about that. Oh one, my man. goodness! And with everything changing in today's climate and the entertainment industry, it's only right that the Disney Channel is also changing while everything else yeah. is changing. They are announced a animated series, The Owl House, and this is historic, guys, because it's. Gonna going to be Disney's first bisexual lead character. Yeah, Luz Nocetta, a 14-year-old that she's like the lead in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been shown in past episodes to be attracted to males, have little crushes on boys and everything. But apparently in the past couple of episodes now they have gone with a storyline where she has developed feelings and or showed feelings towards a girl. Yeah. And um, this is exciting because – you know, Disney had long been, you know, I guess the the villain in the story or had this stigma that they they weren't diversified, they weren't inclusive. Right. And we know that Iger has been making a strong stand against that and has really been trying to make changes and pushes, and I'm sure Chappic will continue that. Oh, yeah. And this just shows, you know, because well, and, and, and let me see. I want to get this right, too. The series creator said, in development, she was very open about her intention to put queer kids in the main cast because she's queer herself and wanted to write about it. And she was when the series was greenlit, she admits she was told by Disney leadership that um, she could not represent mm. any form of bi or gay relationships on the channel. Yeah. She said, luckily, her stubbornness paid off, and now she's very supported by the Disney leadership. So, 
like I said, I think that probably she's talking about leadership at the Disney Channel, not, yeah. you know, but I think maybe that's a situation where Iger started the, you know, from the top down cleaning. Exactly. Going, hey, this isn't right. Yes, you are going to allow this and we are going to exactly. do this. Exactly. And I mean, um, yeah, I only hope for the best for that one, but I. I mean, always got to think the worst about things. It's just, I think it's just the change of the climate, honestly. Like, oh, that's cool now, so we're going to do that as well. But I'm just glad that these stories are being told because there's so many kids that are going through life as we mm-hmm. know it that are confused about things and don't want to talk about it because they feel ashamed of it or they feel like right. other people will be disappointed somehow. And that's just not – be who you are however you identify or however you want to love. Like that is your decision and everybody should be behind you. So I'm glad Disney is making this move. Yeah, and to, and to show that they're continuing that move and that they're serious about inclusiveness and doing this, Disney Channel – and this is an appropriate story – Disney Channel has promoted Teresa Helmer to the newly created role of executive director, integrated content strategy and development. They did this for the sole reason of her to accelerate racial and cultural diversity and inclusion in creative content for the global audience for young children – between the ages of two and fourteen. There we go. So if you're going to come out and say, "Okay, this this these couple episodes are making history," right. now they're cementing it by saying, "And we're going to put somebody in charge that's going to continue that history." Exactly. So, uh, good. I'm so like you said. I think you nailed it perfectly. So good for her. I think she's going to continue that. I think we're going to see more of it. And kudos to Disney for making the move because I well, think it's the right thing to do. And especially if you introduce it like kids age two through 14 if you introduce it at a young age it won't be taboo it won't be something that somebody has to question or they can get the questions out early so they have the knowledge to Mm -hmm. be able to go through life and i just think that's a very smart move they're making big moves man huge moves huge moves remember last week when we talked about they changed the branding to um, abc signature (laughs) i like that yeah me too it's like (laughs) me too well now they have somebody in charge of the signature there we go it's not john hancock it's not John. No, no. <laughs> Susan Lewis is joining ABC Signature as a new senior vice president and head of drama development. Hey, Susan, we got a project. Hey. Hey. hey woo. Hey. Okay. All right. <laughs> Lewis most recently worked at Stars Entertainment, uh, where she was the senior vice president of original programming. Nice. So um, this is a nice move. I yeah. mean, you see the stuff they've got on Stars, right? They had some great original big content and, and big stuff on Stars. Yeah. So this is an exciting move. And again, I feel like gonna do inclusive inclusivity and and diversity and uh, disney's just kicking ass making these moves man. they are and but with the next one i'm kind of not surprised since she's the new host of uh dancing with the stars i think maybe this was part of that i deal. think so too <laughs> i for sure hey can you do this i'm just betting we were wondering why tyra yeah. banks now we know like, I think, right? uh, she has signed a first look deal with <laughs> disney television's abc's signature and will focus her efforts on producing scripted programming with abc signature and unscripted content content with abc entertainment uh that's super exciting uh banks all women production company bankable productions has developed a slate of original ideas and existing ip and scripted comedy drama and unscripted content so they're everywhere guys. yeah rumor has it this this her company's got like over a hundred already developed projects holy shit like in the can and like getting ready to Damn, you know they so. sound like us yeah i mean <laughs> tyra busy and kudos tyra all woman. It's right. Production company. Yeah, you heard that right. So good for you, girl. I, you I keep like going. I like the name too. Bankable. Mm, like because you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. She, she's smart. She's she smart. Now, um, do you have any idea, um, maybe with the, the 
other than Lucifer dropping today. <laughs> Woo! Because I'm so excited about that. But do you have any idea what maybe like little event going on that could be consuming everybody's weekend? DC fandom. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> that, yeah, thing. That, that thing. <laughs> that thing. That little thing. Have you heard about it? You know. You know. I'm super freaking pumped. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And now, if you were worried, guys, that you weren't going to be – like, how do we get all of that in in 24 hours, right? Now you don't have to worry. DC Fandom announced that they're splitting it up. You're going to get it tomorrow. Right? 24 hours jam-packed tomorrow, and then again on September 12th. That's great. You're going to get a second one. So, Because they were worried. Apparently, they started to realize, damn, we got a shit ton a of stuff. a lot of stuff. And how are they going to see it? And we want them to see it all. So now that was their solution. So we want to make sure we get this completely right for you all. The change will allow you to be able to experience all of it over the two weekend uh, dates, okay? And tomorrow's event is going to focus on... The Hall of Heroes section. So if you guys remember the schedule and you broke down the schedule, the Hall of Heroes is all the movie shit. Zack Snyder's the teaser trailer for Justice League, his you know, the the Snyder cut, Wonder Woman, the Batman, Shazam, Aquaman 2, all of the movies that you were dying to get all the shit for, right? The the Batman. Hopefully Zoe Kravitz in the Catwoman suit, right? Like all this awesome mega stuff. Um, and did you guys see the fucking new Batman logo in that? Oh, my God. So good. So good. We're so going to be talking all about Batman here in a minute. But um, all of that is going to be tomorrow. So that's all going to be planned out for tomorrow. All of the television events like Doom Patrol and all of the DC Universe, Arrowverse, the CW, what's coming up on HBO Max with the Green Lantern series, all that kind of stuff, that's going to be on September 12th. And that's going to kind of be an interactive where you can choose which how you want to watch it yeah. and when you want to watch it as opposed to tomorrow that's going to be laid out on a schedule right. starting with Wonder Woman and ending with you know where, where they go with that. Here's the shocker though. A lot of people were surprised. The big surprise is that they announced for um, the heroes section is that Titans is going to be over here in the, the the heroes, the Hall of Heroes, mm. and so is CW's Flash. Mm. What I don't know what that means, right, but. Like- We've got our Batman news. Some of our Batman news is talking about the Flash movie. And I think maybe the Titans move and the CW Flash move to the Hall of Heroes movie stuff could have something to do with the Flash movie. Hmm. Um, hmm. So we we already saw Grant Gustin and Ezra Miller show up in Crisis. Exactly. Right? So I think maybe that's going to continue in the Flash movie and maybe they're going to incorporate Titans into it. Mm. I mean, you and That'd I were talking ass. about this the other day, like where we feel like if there's any of the DC Universe shows that could fit right into the DCEU yeah. in that, you know, multiple timeline type thing, it's Titans. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, whoo, this is exciting. Yeah, I, and I feel like something that would be something they would have a leg up on Marvel for because that would be a huge crossover between television and film. Yes. So I, and like... Because they're, we've talked about it all the time, their adaptation of the characters on the television side, especially the CW, is just brilliant. And especially their new stuff with Doom Patrol and Titans. So if those could have crossovers, mm-hmm. like, that'd be so badass. It would be absolutely. Can you imagine Leslie Connors' Wonder Girl, Donna Troy, with Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman? Ooh. Or Britton Thwaites' Dick Grayson? We're in the in the DCEU fighting Joe Magnola's Deathstroke. Right. Are you fucking kidding me? God. That would be so badass to see that happen. And we all love Grant Gustin. Yeah, that yeah. little team up just in Crisis was awesome. Exactly. So, mm, 
There is one sliver of bad news. The big, super, most talked about surprise DC film and panel that they were going to have apparently now is nowhere on the schedule. Oh. Not tomorrow mm. or September 12th. So what that means about what that surprise project right. was or why it's not on, we mm. don't know. That's gonna. I guess we're going to have to just keep following that. So yeah. I don't know. I saw it slip off the schedule completely, and it was confirmed mm. today that it is not scheduled for either weekend. Yeah. So I don't know. That's interesting, man. That's really interesting. But what, another thing that's really interesting, and I'm by far really fucking surprised about because it was a dark thing that he had to do, Ben Affleck is going to come back as Batman. Yes. In the Flash movie. Yes. Which me all but means, like, Flashpoint. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely Flashpoint. Like, it has to be. And you know how we know that for sure? Because the director, uh, Andy Muschietti, also confirmed that Keaton is indeed confirmed and Boom, is right coming there. also. So both Batmans. Yeah. Keaton's Batman and Ben Affleck's Batman confirmed by the Flash director himself. Here's the great thing. He said both Batmans play a pivotal and substantial role mm. in the film. And then he even broke it down a little further, guys. He said... That Affleck's Batman is going to go the emotional route and kick off the movie because they're going to touch on the storyline that Barry and and Bruce actually have far more in common than initially thought, where they both both lost their mother and and you know in the loss of the parent and then that kind of forcing them into the life that they have and what they've become and the different things and that whole emotional connection I guess is going to be used to set up the whole Flashpoint storyline and send it up. Yeah. So basically. The DCEU's Batman, Ben Affleck, is like the fatherly figure that's going to kind of kick off the whole emotional trajectory of the rest of the film. Yeah. And then Keaton's Batman will be in the Flashpoint history line of different alternate versions right. of the characters. Yeah, because so. we, we saw a rumor over this past week that it's going to – Affleck is really going to be more like a cameo role and fucking – uh, Keaton's going to be more like a huge supporting role, right? So, so, but at least now we know it's it's a little bit more substantial than cameo. Yeah. Exactly. So if he's going to be like this fatherly guiding force yeah. of you know, so that's cool. I'm just excited to get see Keaton back in the suit. Oh man. my gosh, I'm so excited to see Keaton back in the suit. And it all but begs to question now: Will we or will we not see Jeffrey Dean Morgan, right. Batman, right. in this story? They introduced him in the DCU as yeah. Thomas Wayne, and we all know in an alternate version of flashpoint he's batman exactly so and he's a badass batman so um will that happen will that not happen we don't know but it it works i'm excited as hell about it i just think flashpoint is going to be badass hell yeah more things to be excited about for batman the newest adaptation the batman will resume shooting in early september in the uk guys yes. finally finally theaters are starting to open up things are getting back to work and i yeah i mean they keep releasing stuff like you said that new uh concept art kind of and i was just like I mean, it's all but said that it's basically kind of like Kevin Smith's story because of the the like the gun in right. the, in the bat symbol in his on his chest. So yeah. I'm I'm really excited to see just the story. Honestly, who who's actually gonna be the villain? Like what? Who's gonna play more of a part? Because like there's so many different characters that are gonna be introduced in like year one, year two, Batman. So. 
I'm 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 intrigued. I, I am too, and like every time I see any of the visuals coming out of this thing, and I, I, apparently we're gonna see some either footage and or trailer tomorrow. So super pumped about that. But every time I see it, I, I'm just so excited because it looks like it is so grounded in reality and so grounded in this like utilitarian type, yeah. you know, kind of a thing. Um, I, I just think. And we know it's going to be a story-driven Batman film. Exactly. It's more about him coming into his own detective skills and yeah. trying to figure out these crimes as opposed to bashing bad guys, you know. So super excited about it. I just think everything about this sounds awesome. Yeah. And so, uh, oh, man, can't wait. Can't yeah. wait. I, the only thing I'm kind of worried about is I hope this is not the Batman version of Superman Returns, how that was more story-driven and things like that. So, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying. Love Brendan Ralph, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Just saying. yeah. That was a, I mean, that was I think a bad movie. We we have seen motorcycle chases in a badass muscle Batman car though, so oh, I, yeah. I feel like we're gonna be okay. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna be okay. Exactly. I mean, he's not shooting those darts at like a wall. No. I, I don't. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. I mean, you know. <laughs> and and I guess the 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 other Batman granddaddy, right? Like like not Tim Burton because Tim Burton's <laughs> my Batman, yes. like badass, but Nolan. And you know what we're talking about with Nolan. Yeah, of course. I mean, fucking Tenet. Uh, <laughs> they fu- they started advanced ticket sales uh, t- today yeah. for the three-day sneak peek previews uh, for Monday, August 31st. And tickets uh, for the regular engagements will start Thursday, September 3rd, and will be available Thursday, August 27th. We'll see, man. We'll see. And even this is crazy because Warner Brothers made like the exhibitors and the theaters like sign a contract basically where they can have like one showing per night, no earlier than 5 p.m. And those theaters that will scream the premium formats may offer a second show uh, to participate. The theaters must agree not to follow the local, not only the local laws, they have to follow the laws. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but also comply with safety standards drafted in effect by the National Association of Theater Owners, and these include wearing face masks anywhere in the theater with expectations of consuming the accessions, I mean, of course, and then, of course, like, the spacing. Uh, yep. Something like maybe uh, two seats apart, three seats apart, something like that. Yep. So I, it's finally going to be seen, guys. It's finally going to be seen. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> I feel so bad for Christopher Nolan. I, I do too, man. But good for him that it's get, at least getting that theatrical release. Even if people see it for like a couple days and then a COVID breakout happens and they shut them all back down again. Right. At least for a couple of days, he'll get his movie in the theater. Exactly. So. Exactly. I, I, I just don't know. <laughs> I know Emily, Lil' Cam herself, is super pumped about this oh, one. Oh, yeah. Everybody in the in the Supernatural family, we are. Yes. We're all super pumped because we were all wondering, when is it going? Are they just going to shorten it? Is what we saw the end? They wouldn't possibly do that to us, right? They couldn't do that to us. They're not. They're not. They're back in production. <laughs> they are underway. They are shooting the final seven episodes. Yeah, guys, you heard that right. Unfortunately, only seven episodes <sighs> left. Um. The first of the long-running show's final episodes will be October 8th at 8 p.m., and then the series finale will air on November 19th. So you, you that there you go, guys. You've got from October 8th till November 19th for the final seven episodes <sighs> of Supernatural. It's rough, man. It, it just, it's literally been on so long. So long. It's going to be weird to not have Supernatural like a part of the story, a part of the mainstay. Exactly. It's going to be weird. Exactly, exactly. And to tease something else a little bit later on the show, what are the boys going to do? Yeah. At least Jensen. 
That's we'll, right. We'll be talking about it. That's right. <laughs> you know, he he's not headed to Texas. He's not. <laughs> Even though that's where he's from. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We'll talk about it. You we'll know. About you it. know. Oh. But Kevin Smith's clerk is headed to HBO Max. Yes. Uh, starting September first, uh, the directors of Bruce Willis and <laughs> Tracy Morgan's comedy Cock uh, Cock Out. Cock yeah. Out. Whoa! Whoa! whoa. <laughs> Rock out with your cock out. Um, <laughs> is also he hitting the streaming site that day, which is funny because. He absolutely hates that movie, and his experience was Bruce, Will- Bruce Willis was absolutely atrocious. Right, so. right. So the irony of know, you know right? when the the one that's most dear to his heart, and then the one he hates the and most the one he hates are the both most. showing up. But um, <laughs> that's it's how the world works. It really is. It's got to play is. the game. We called this. We called this. We called this. We were wondering how DC fandom was going to go down between Ray Fisher and Jeff Johns, and would that be contentious, and how would that go down? Well, Warner Media has launched an investigation into Justice League. Uh, the decision comes after repeated public statements by Ray Fisher alleging misconduct by Josh Whedon and Jeff Johns and uh, John Berg while making the film. No specific timeline for how long this investigation is going to be or no findings yet. They also said in order to preserve the investigation and the integrity of the investigation, they will not be conducting this in the public limelight. Um, so I don't guess we're going to hear anything until something comes out something, with the results. Yeah. Um, I'm really curious about this one because, it you know, we've, we've kind of been seeing other things about, you know, Whedon, yeah. right? But not so much about Johns. It's, it's mostly Ray Fisher coming at Johns. But, guys, Jeff Johns is like in full out control of the dc television side right, right now yeah behind star girl and you know really collaborating with greg berlanti on all these different things he's a, playing a major part in all the shows that are coming to the dc universe uh hbo max side of it so if something develops through this investigation and and he does have some shit going down what does that mean for all of that yeah so um you know, it's definitely something we're going to be keeping an eye on Dude, because he's got a lot of stuff going on. Exactly, I mean, and who takes that role? Exactly, if he leaves, like if he gets booted, who takes that role? And that would be unfortunate because you know, um, Berlanti's already had to deal with losing one showrunner, yeah. to a similar situation, a workplace harassment thing, and um, some misconduct, and so it would really just kind of be crushing to him to have to go through it again. So. Yeah. I don't know, man. Insane. Insane. What's more insane is the fucking crazy shit that's happening on the Ella DiGiorno show. Mm. And it has fired several of its executive producers following the investigation uh, into the allegations of the toxic workplace. Yep. Um, Ed Galvin and Kevin Lehman, uh, who also served as co-executive producer with uh, Jonathan Norman, all gone. Yep. Out of there. This is the show will now be run by executive producers Mary Connell, uh, Conley, and uh, Andy Lasner. Yep. And uh, Derek Westvelt. So yeah, yeah, man, it's uh, it's crazy. It's a lot of shit happening. It is, and even more crazy is you 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 know, T Witch. Her DJ, you yeah. know, the guy that plays the music that she dances to when she comes out and everything? He has been elevated to a co-executive producer. He apparently had some ideas. He had a heart-to-heart with Ellen about some things that he thinks she could do better as yeah. far as inclusivity and, and, and workplace as far as diversity and stuff. And I, I guess, you know, she kind of was on board with that. And so she's elevated him to that position. And he's going to be working to kind of change the culture of the show. There we so, go. So, um, 
Good. Yeah. I mean, exactly. this is all good and hopefully all moves in the right direction. So, exactly. you know. Exactly. Only hope for the best because, I mean, on screen, because we don't know her personally on screen, she looks like a gym. Everything looks perfect and fine, but there's those rumors that mm. she might be a super mega bitch. We, mm. don't, we don't know. We don't have firsthand experience, but I always hope for the best and Me hope, too. hope that, I mean, what she is portraying is like accurate so well we'll see i hope so she did pull out the buck stops here and while it might have been all happening underneath her it's her show and her name exactly and she took responsibility so we'll see we'll we'll kind of follow that up and i don't know see where it's going definitely well now viacom cbs nobody is anybody getting sued this week no no i think i I don't think there's a whole lot of bad news a lot of good news no allegations or anything against them yeah oh congratulations uh but starting out with paramount pictures it's receiving a financial aid from new republic pictures on the pair of tom cruise's projects mission impossible 7 which you know was supposed to come out earlier and now top gun maverick as well so i mean that's all exciting news especially for the t crews there um now and co-financing deal uh that will also include the tomorrow war infinite michael b jordan's without remorse eddie murphy's coming to america you know the second one that's right and transform why are they making another transformation? i know i know i know like, uh, god damn but and then Tiger's Apprentice, Clifford the Big Red Dog, and Under the Boardwalk, uh, the company recently co-finances our co-finance Paramount's Rocket Man, which so. is the the very reason they decided to go ahead and refi- or help finance all the rest of these. It makes they sense. Said, they said the massively overwhelming financial success that Rocket Man saw, and I would assume the profit that New Republic saw, yeah. made it more than happy to help finance other movies. You. You I know. got you. It's all so, good. You know, lend a hand. When you get a good return on investment, you're more likely to give money out again. So, oh, yeah. you know, just remember that for anybody else trying to finance something, make money, they'll give you more right. money. Right. Exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. Has anybody ever wanted to see Will Smith and Kevin Hart in something? Mm, well, me. now you're going to. Um, Paramount has announced that Will Smith and Kevin Hart will star and produce a remake of the 1987 road comedy Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And yes. it's going to be coming from Hart's Heartbeat Production and with uh, uh, Smith's Westbrook Studios. Mm. So, I mean, that's awesome that they're both developing the remake. And it's going to be a modern update of the original. Yes. I am so super stoked about this because I loved the original with John. Yeah. Candy and Steve Martin. I, I just thought it was absolutely a brilliant film. Laugh from start to finish about these two guys both trying to get home for Thanksgiving and having to get the most ridiculous cross-country trip ever yeah. on every form of transportation possible to get them there. And they were brilliant together. And now the idea of Smith and fucking Hart going through this and right. trying to get... I can only imagine how ridiculously epic that is going to be. Um, again, not a huge fan of remakes or reboots. But it's Will Smith and Kevin Hart. Exactly. It, you know it's going to be funny. Exactly. Whether, whether you're a fan of the reboot idea or not, you, that won't not be funny. Exactly. Like, so I'm just saying. Exactly, exactly. And there, we've been talking about Scream a lot, the new uh, reboot kind of or in the addition along the Scream storyline. Scream 5 has announced a new cast member that was not a part of the original films. Mm-hmm. Melissa Barrera uh, has booked a key role in the upcoming film. She... Like I said, the first new cast member to be announced and 
for the much anticipated rewatch. Uh, she is a U star, or the U star, uh, Gina Ortega, has also signed on to the film. Yep. Uh, so that's super exciting. And of course, they will join David Arquette and uh, Courtney Cox that are coming back for it as well. And uh, I was watching Drew Barrymore's um, Hot Ones episode that just dropped. Mm-hmm. And apparently, she was offered Courtney Cox's role, but didn't want to take it because. She wanted to die in the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, because for anybody who knows, she's like the first person who dies in the yeah. very first Scream movie. So, um, And we should say uh, Nev Campbell also um, apparently has – has she confirmed a couple months ago that she was in negotiations to come back for this film. Yeah. So we're kind of keeping an eye on that. I, I can't imagine doing a Scream film without Nev Campbell. She's the main person in all the Scream films. So how can you – have that without her uh we'll keep an eye on that but she is in talks. she has confirmed that she is indeed in talks and i saw an interesting rumor selena gomez Mm. is apparently in talks to be in this film as well so whether yeah that's exciting i mean so it's exciting to watch selena gomez almost die maybe maybe (laughs) maybe maybe she'll cook She's got yeah, that new cooking show. T Swift showed up on that. Yeah, they, they had a little fun. So you know, that's cool. Who doesn't want to see T Swift and Selena Gomez cook? Yeah, I mean, they can do that in Scream Five. <laughs> right? I mean, you know, oh, and then they die. Exactly. Like, I, I mean, come exactly. on, we just rewrote that whole script. We really did. They're fucking <laughs> listening. Uh, see you in Wilmington. See you in Wilmington. That's right. It's right. That's right. Like it's in North Carolina. We go there. Exactly. Yeah, it'll be great. Exactly. Uh, if some more exciting news, Showtime has picked up a half-hour comedy series, Moonbase Eight, starring Fred Armisen and Tim Heidecker and John C. Riley. Loves John C. Riley. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, f- uh, for six episodes, Moonbase Eight, which has been in the works at A24 since 2008. Is slated to launch sometime in the fall and is described as a workplace comedy that follows three subpar astronauts living at NASA's moon based uh, simulator. So that's going to be super interesting. It is going to be hilarious. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the three of them are the ones who wrote the script and nice. came up with the idea and are like behind it all. Yeah. So that's going to be pretty funny. And it admitted, Showtime admitted this is in direct response to Steve Carell's Space Force. <laughs> that makes no, sense. I mean, they, they wanted sense. to get something out there that was as successful. Yeah. And I saw a tweet by one of our former guests and just a really funny, great writer and just a genuinely cool person, Diana Wright. Apparently she had a moon-based comedy that she wrote several years ago and was critiqued so badly on it, said it was horrible and just a stupid idea. She point. shoved it in a drawer. And now that sucks. Here this goes. So for any of you guys out there, don't 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 get don't give beat, up. Don't get beat to the punch because exactly. you gave up. Keep exactly. going. Keep your shit out there because if you think it's good, you know it's relevant. Keep fighting to get it out there because if you don't, somebody will beat you. Exactly. So and so you know. Exactly. Just, just saying. Exactly. Even though we hate the app TikTok, they are producing <laughs> stars. Uh, they are. Uh, Someone he got viral from TikTok. Yeah, you know, Sarah Cooper, who is a TikTok star, is developing a single camera comedy uh, at CBS inspired by her book, How to Be Successful Without Hurting Man's Feelings. Mm. Um, mm. Cooper is attached to co-write and executive produce the project. The series would follow three women in very different stages of their careers at a male-dominated company as they help each other uh, navigate modern gender politics in their careers and in their personal lives. Interesting concept, and it's crazy because you can make a few videos on TikTok and then be famous. I mean, that's just the definition Mm. of the social media era right there. It is. It is. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about. I, I, 
Kudos to her, though. Happy for you. I mean, you did what you had to do, and you grinded your way up. I mean, shit, you're about to have a fucking show out. Yeah, um, and, but you know what? I mean, that's a much better way to do it than Charlotte Kirk's way to do it. Yeah. You, does that name sound familiar? Yeah. yeah. Jump into MC, uh, NBC Universal. All kinds of ugliness going down there. Ron oh, Meyer, <laughs> the vice chairman of NBC Universal, um, stepped down this week. Yeah, out of there. That thing. After he disclosed that he had reached a private settlement with Charlotte Kirk, actress Charlotte Kirk. Apparently, her and a couple of others tried to extort Mr. Meyer after they engaged in an extramarital affair. Uh, It's unclear if Meyer will be replaced at the company, but he has also stepped down. We should say he was the chair of the new Film Academy's museum that's getting ready to open up. He also stepped down from there, and Netflix's Ted Sarandos is going to step up and take that role until they can vote in a new chair. Um, Now, why does that name sound familiar, Charlotte Kirk? Right? You're you're thinking, damn, that why, why, why? Well, it's because we talked about her pretty extensively a few months back. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlotte is the same woman who had the extramarital affair with former Warner Brothers CEO Kevin Tushiara in 2013 and 2014. And remember Brett Ratner and that whole big, you know, trading sex for trying to get roles kind of thing that ultimately led to his removal from Warner Brothers. Um. She ain't done yet, though. No, she's not. Um, not even no. close. Mm-mm. Charlotte apparently is currently living with director Neil Marshall from, you might know him from Game of Thrones. Um, they're living in Los Angeles together. Now, here's where it gets a little tricky. Marshall and fellow director Joshua Newton are the other two that have been apparently identified by the federal, you know, uh, federal alleys there yeah. as the people who tried to extort uh, Meyer. Apparently, both of them uh, went to Meyer individually and tried to extort him about knowing about the affair that uh, he had with Kirk. Um, th- this is crazy. You, like, you, it doesn't even sound like you can make this shit up. This no, is like an epic really movie, yeah. right? This is a bad Lifetime movie right here. I mean, it's just <laughs> insane. The other, uh, you know, not Meyer, but the, but the other, Newton, he dated Kirk for five years and cast her in a lead role in his OJ movie, Nicole and OJ. Yeah. Um. So... It, uh, my my question is, who else has she slept with? Exactly. Who else is she going to bring? This is the definition of trying to sleep your way to the top. This woman was apparently going from you know studio head to studio head to studio head to director to director to director, yeah. trying to get roles. I don't even know what to say about that. There's so many things wrong with that. There's so many things wrong with that about her. Yeah. There's so many things wrong about that, about them, yeah. about the studio system, about the casting couch, about all of it. All What's even more sickening, guys? These guys are like in their 60s, and she was like barely 21 at the time when she was having these affairs basically and like what the fuck yeah it's it's some very disturbing shit man this is what we talk about each week this is dark hollywood yes she is literally like selling her body to be in movies like you don't need to do that if you truly believe in your talent Fucking believe in your talent and don't sell yourself. Yes. Well, current boyfriend and, and you know, live-in lover, apparently, um, Marshall, we should say, issued a statement denying that he tried to extort Ron Meyer, of saying course. all of that is bullshit lies based on falsehoods, and they should really focus on the real villains, which is the casting couch. So he's trying to dump it all on the guys that she slept with. Yeah. 
It's like what it doesn't work fuck? like that. No. <laughs> she she slept with them, casting couch or not. She still took the roles, and I feel like if she was a victim, she wouldn't have moved on to the next one. Exactly, and the next one, and the next one. I mean, you know, I don't discount victims of casting couch we know you know we talk about it les moonves all these scumbags who uh, harvey weinstein all these guys that did that but she definitely does not sound to me like a victim no i'm just saying she sounds like a willing participant to try to trade sex for roles and yeah that's unfortunate it's very crazy man very crazy don't do it guys if don't. you're a young woman actor or even a young male actor because we know that they get taken advantage of in this industry too you do not have to sell yourself sexually to to advance your career exactly don't do it exactly okay but all right happy news happy <laughs> news um seth mcfarland has really been dealing with the period pieces yes, here recently and I mean, intense drama yeah like i'm super excited about that uh he has teamed with chadwick boseman Black Panther. yes uh <laughs> on a limited series <laughs> what kind uh, of forever huh? exactly oh shit <laughs> Um, about no the, wonder he hates that shit. He's probably knocking stuff over all exactly. the time. <laughs> <laughs> about the Little Rock 9 that is currently in development and Universal Content Productions. Uh, the Untitled series is set in 1957 after a landmark Supreme Court decision versus Brown versus Board of Education. And it's going to follow 14-year-old... Uh, Carlota, Carlota, yep, Carlotta, Carlotta uh, Walls uh, is amongst the first black students to attend an all-white central high school in Little Rock, Arkansas, and she uh, obviously walks into unexpected violence, uh, struggle with uh, the integration, and mm-hmm. which is going to turn her and the black students into like civil rights icons. So this I'm, is intense. Yeah, that's really intense. Like hardship and then coming out on top, mm-hmm. like. That's that's the American dream, honestly. That's literally, I feel like, what it's about. You have to work hard. If some people are going to look at you like you're fucking nothing, but then you have to overcome that and come out on top. And I'm really excited to watch this. Guys, and for anybody who doesn't know, that that landmark decision, Brown versus the Board of Education, that was some scary shit back in the day. Yeah. You know, you had some crazy motherfuckers in Alabama, you know, trying to, this whole segregation bullshit. And these poor kids were being denied to go to school by fucking the military. The yeah. National Guard was keeping them out. And then when this ruling happened and they were allowed to start integrating into the white schools, they had to be escorted in by cops. Because they were in fear for their lives and shit. I mean, it was intense shit going down back then. And this ruling by the Supreme Court changed everything and just kind of like, I don't know, this is going to be a really interesting series to watch. And you just don't think McFarlane for these things. You don't. I'm telling you, this guy is a genius. And to team up with somebody like Chadwick Boseman, who... who, always does these type you know uh projects and and st- it's gonna be brilliant i agree man i agree and seth if you're listening i sent you an instagram message open that shit <laughs> i'm just saying i'm just do saying. it he's your biggest fan it's do true. it it's true do it um now this is very interesting as well i mean producing and developing more content for their streaming service the peacock uh clueless a television series basically based on the hit 1995 feature yeah yeah. I, I don't eh, – uh, why? 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 Alicia – you remember it. Alicia Silverstone, Paul Rudd, you know, it, it, it's, it was a brilliant movie. This Hilarious. This is the definition of a stuff. cult classic. Yeah, and this is definitely a cult classic. That's right. Watch our top five last week. It was, it was – uh, but why? And here's the kicker, guys. Cher, you know, Alicia Silverstone's 
Not even in it. What the fuck? She's not even going to be in it. Not even the focal character. It, apparently, this one is going to be about Stacey Dash's character, um, which is even more interesting to me. Dion. Remember she played Dion, the, the best friend? Yeah. Well, it's going to center around Dion, who was always, remember, the second lieutenant. Yeah, you know, kind of exactly. to Cher's I'm the badass in the school, right? Well, apparently Cher is no longer around, and now this show is going to deal with Dion having to step up to become like the it girl at school and how she has to go deal with all that. Interesting. It's coming from the Will and Grace writers. Uh, yeah. Okay. Make yeah. sure. Why not? Um, I don't know. I'm just. I know. Eh. I know. It's like, gonna be one of those like where it's kind of a Saved by the Bell type thing. I'm yeah. Like, I loved the movie. I don't see the point of this series. Yeah. I just. I just don't. Agreed. Agreed. Mm. But they are doing some smart things like teaming up with Emilio Estevez. Yes, and we talk about this film all the time because I'm a huge fan of this film. The public. Yes. Emilio Estevez wrote. Executive produced, directed, and stars in this bad boy. Um, and it's a brilliant film, guys. If you haven't seen it, it's basically about this guy who locks himself in with all of his patrons in the library because they're threatening to shut the library down. All these people are homeless, and there's no room in the shelters, and they're going to have to freeze to death basically on the street. So Emilio Estevez's character agrees to do a lockdown inside the library and gets into all kinds of some shit for that. Yeah, man. Um, and this has got a huge cast. Alec Baldwin, Jenna Malone, Taylor Schilling. Christian Slater, um, Jacob Vargas, Michael K. Williams, Jeffrey Wright, and the only one that matters in the whole thing, Spencer Garrett. Yeah. Spencer Garrett, our buddy Spencer's in it. Oh, of course. Of course he is because he's in everything. He's literally in everything. <laughs> I'm just telling you he's in everything. All kidding aside, this is a really fantastic movie that deals with a lot of shit that's kind of going on, especially, especially in big cities with the homeless yeah, problem and everything. So. I would definitely check this. And I got to say, too, um, Emilio Estevez is a fucking phenomenal director. Yeah, man. This he really film is. is really good. And to be able to pull a cast like that together and kind of do what he was able to do with this film on almost a damn near nothing budget, it's amazing, guys. Yeah. Check it out for sure. And kudos to Peacock for picking up an indie film like that and giving it some limelight and exposure. Exactly. You know. Exactly. September 15th, you'll be able to watch it on the Peacock. Yes. So check it out. Check it out. Uh, Amandala Steinberg has joined Universal Pictures' feature adaptation of Tony-winning musical Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, she will play Elena, a high school senior whose cheery, uh, facet, a social media savvy masker, deep loneliness and isolation. Aww. Yeah, and whose response to the death of the classmate ignites a movement. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because I, I mean. I feel like that's a lot what's happening right now. Not the death, but I mean, death happens every day. But more more or less the social media aspect of seeing everybody you go to school with online and you feel the loneliness because you see them there and you possibly can talk to them there and interact with them there, but like don't interact with them in person. Exactly. So that, that's it's interesting. But she is uh, writing and singing a new original song composed for the film. So. Yeah, and she's actually working with the writers to help compose the song. Yeah, uh, all together. And what I found really interesting about this is this particular character in the musical was kind of a small, you know, yeah. just their role. It's actually been expanded for her in this film adaptation. Yeah. So I'm excited. You remember her, The Hate You Give, and like, I mean, she's a phenomenal actress, and just like, I think she's going to kill that, man. Exactly. Other people who are going to kill some amazing things. Ooh. I'm so super excited. Olivia Wilde has signed with Sony to develop and direct an untitled female-centric Marvel film yes. for the studio. Uh, the film, I mean, you know she wrote 
Booksmart, mm-hmm. which was a huge success. That's also a cult classic, yes. I feel like. A nowadays cult classic. But I'm super excited, man. Gwen Stacy? Gwen Stacy Spider-Man? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think I think oh, I would love to see Gwen Stacy, but I think it's going to be Jessica and uh, Spider Woman. Yeah, it could be Gwen Stacy because she was Spider Woman at some point also. Yeah, but if they're going to go the original Spider Woman, I don't know. We okay. This is why we're talking about it because the theory is the rumor is, and Olivia Wilde started this rumor because <laughs> when it came out that she had signed on to direct the film, she quoted the tweet. With a little spider. <laughs> so obviously it's going to be something to do with the Spider-Man universe. They've yeah. made no doubt. They, they have no hidden agenda that with Venom and Morbius. And you know they're developing this Spider-Man universe. And it only makes sense that female-centric led movie. Yeah. They have talked about Black Cat and Silver Sable, though, doing a spinoff mm. like that. I'm wondering, I mean, could possibly be that. I, we don't know. I saw a rumor earlier this week about a possible, like, Craven spinoff as well. Oh, yeah. We've got news on that, too. Yeah. So that we're excited about that, too. But I hope it's Spider-Woman. Yeah. I, I really think uh, just whoever it is, whatever it is, will Marvel mcu marvel studios be involved in it like they are with the spider-man movies we don't know or is this just one of those independent kind of you know strictly sony spider-man stuff like venom was but um so we'll keep an eye on that but amy pascal is the one who kind of like really worked the deal with feige to get the spider-man thing to happen yeah so i feel like if she's involved in this maybe feige and mcu are too i don't know it makes sense it makes sense well i mean I didn't even see this before I said it, uh, but uh, J.C. Chandor is in talks to direct Sony's Craven the Hunter film, and it's going to be, like I said, the Spider-Man spinoff centering, centering about the notorious anti-hero uh, Sergei uh, Kranoff. Yeah. Hey, you did that really well. Thank you. You did that really I, well. I try. Um, I'm excited because Craven has always been one of my favorite villains in the Spider-Man universe, and this is why I think this is all still going to be connected to the MCU, though, because as we know in the last film, Spidey He's on the run now, right? He's a, he's like a running from the authorities, and he's wanted for murder and everything. It only makes sense that you would bring Craven the Hunter in to hunt him down, right? So I, I mean, I feel like that's why it's maybe connected. If the name sounds familiar to you, JC is was the director for Netflix's um, Ben Affleck movie Triple Frontier. Yeah. So the guy's got a, you know a solid track record of delivering on like these drama type, meaty type roles. So. Man, it's exp- and like I said, you got Morbius, you got Venom two, you got all these big Spider-Man movies coming. The question is, is where does Spider-Man fit into it all? Yeah, <laughs> we don't know, but we'll find out. Exactly, exactly. Oh, MGM doing some things. Mm. MGM is overhauling its Orion, Orion, uh, Orion, Orion. Yes, Orion the Ark or what? Fucking star or whatever. <laughs> That's right, is. exactly. Uh, as it means to amplify uh, underservice voices, and has hired veteran excu- or executive Elena Mayo as president of the label. So. Mm-hmm. That's super moved in the diversity direction. Oh yeah, I mean that's she's strictly being brought in to do just that to yeah. under to develop movies and series and things with the studio for underdeveloped neighborhoods, communities, and races that they feel like aren't getting enough representation. Yeah. in their movies. So. Yeah, and I mean. Uh, the current president will be stepping down along with his team in early October after the release of Bill and Ted Face the Music. Yep. So, so I mean, you know, you know, MGM, it's still there. It's still kicking. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's trying, man. It's trying. It's such a historic studio. And I mean, they're doing what they can. I'm honestly happy they're just still around. Exactly. To be exactly. honest. Uh, Netflix. Mm. Netflix doing some things, doing some things and some stuff. Uh, they have announced 
actress Elizabeth Debicki yep. uh, has been cast as the late Princess Diana in the fifth and sixth final season of The Crown. Yes, Ooh. super excited about that. And then um, Diana's going to be coming up in the fourth season with Emma Corrin playing the role, and then the older actress will take over. In the, but, I mean, have you guys, did you see the trailer that dropped? I mean, fucking, you, I uh, Jillian Anderson from X-Files is playing Margaret Thatcher. Oh, and you only see the back of her head, but you can already see the contention between the Queen and Margaret because the Iron Lady, she don't take no shit. Right. She don't take no shit from the Queen either. So I, I just think it's going to be brilliant. Yeah. You know, they show the, the iconic wedding dress of Diana. The trailer was just awesome. So this is big news. And why does the Debicki name sound familiar? She's in Tenet. She's in Tenet. You may or may not see her in the theaters in a couple weeks. Yeah, right? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, freaking Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling are yes. going to make an action thriller, guys. Yeah, $200 million. I mean, we were just talking about it on ItCaf Behind the Scenes. Netflix spending a boat ton of money, and they continue to do it. Yeah. Uh, titled Gray Man, and it is guaranteed a $20 million production tax credit. That helps. Uh, yeah, and California is still uh, – film commission uh but yeah that's that's huge and i mean they're looking for this thing to become a franchise yeah so that's i mean if you spend that much money it always helps to get 10 percent of it back and then if it does become a franchise i mean whew. yeah i it's interesting man it's interesting uh they're also doing more interesting things because of like huge cult followings are sneakerheads yeah and netflix has picked up Sneakerheads, a six-episode comedy starring Alan Malando, uh, Maldonado, Maldonado, yeah. and Andrew Bachelor, uh, uh, from creator uh, Jay Longio and Complex Networks. And this Netflix original series is set to premiere September twenty-fifth. The series centers around Devin, a former sneakerhead uh, turned a stay-at-home dad, who gets back into the game only to quickly find himself five G's in the whole after falling for one of his old friends uh fucking get rich quick schemes yeah yeah damn that's like that's shady. Some shady shit but apparently this is big business in real life this is like a thing they're making a movie about it too so this this is crazy um alan maldonado guys uh he's in the number one movie on netflix right now project power with jamie fox um so that's exciting and it, now he's got his series coming on board and what's more exciting is we're gonna be talking to him in a couple of weeks he's one of our upcoming guests Damn. so of course he's got the number one movie on netflix right now and he just got picked up the series by netflix i think we have a lot to talk about all right like so, shit. <laughs> alan we can't wait to talk to you man that's gonna be really exciting boom so. just a little boom. tease just a little tease uh netflix has also renewed warrior nun mm-hmm. for its second season uh news of the revival comes about a month and a half after the show's launch of the first season so that's pretty exciting they're actually keeping something yes um and the netflix our netflix has also ordered a mm. 12 five minute episodes of bookmarks celebrating black voices which will feature black celebrities and artists reading children's books along uh written by black authors but it's going to be tiffany haddish reading along yes. with like common and other people but tiffany haddish guys this is a brilliant idea. I think it's great to have, you know, recognizable black figures using their platform to read from black authors to highlight black stories for black children. What sounds bad about that, right? But do you remember Tiffany Haddish reading the Oscar nominees a couple right. years back? All I'm saying. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. She like like. Maybe maybe that's not my choice to read some books. Yeah. It's it's a joke. It's a jo- or is it? We don't know. Tiffany, 
Tiffany, come on the show. Tiffany. Exactly. Let's talk about it. Exactly. Let's talk about it. And we were teasing a little bit earlier. Jensen Eccles is coming to the boys. Third season. He yes. Was, he will portray Soldier Boy, aka original superhero, uh, streaming in the streaming drama. Uh, Soldier Boy fought in World War Two, so he's actually going to be a Soldier Boy, not mm-hmm. like the rapper. That's right. So I'm very, I'm very excited about that. I am super stoked. This guy's a pure ripoff of Captain America, but the boys' creators admit that. Yeah. The comic book, you know, creators like. That was the intention. It's a it's a knockoff parody of Captain America. But man, Jensen Eccles is like, uh, you know, what was he going to do after Supernatural? Now you know. So Padalecki's putting on the shield. He's going to be a Texas Ranger, and Eccles is going to be a superhero. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know. You know. All right, Apple. Apple. We can't not talk about Apple, right? The first two trillion dollar company. Holy shit, they got money. It's insane. So what do you do with all that money? You hire Reese Witherspoon. Of course. What the fuck? I I mean, she's the hardest working woman in Hollywood right now with Hello Sunshine, right? And, okay, this only made sense after Walk the Line. That's all I'm saying. It only yeah. made sense after Walk the Line. Apple has ordered a music competition series called My Kind of Country, which is going to feature a global search for country music talent. And Reese Witherspoon and her Hello Sunshine banner are going to serve uh, executive produce. And Adam Blackstone is going to serve as the musical director of the series. He previously worked with artists like Justin Timberlake, Alicia, Alicia Keys, Faith Hill. So this only makes sense. I think it's going to be badass, and it's going to be a success because anything she touches seems to be a huge success big facts man big freaking facts and this is a huge another cult classic another 80s cult classic uh fast times at ridgemont high yes. sean penn will take part in an all-star table read of the classic 1982 coming of age film but that's not the only big Mm-mm. name i'm talking brad pitt jennifer aniston shia labeouf matthew mcconaughey julia roberts jimmy kimmel dane cook morgan freeman henry golding who's not in this thing i mean this is huge Huge. You remember Ben Stein was the teacher? You know, I, I just, I, I'm hoping Morgan Freeman is going to be the Ben Stein right. character because that would be badass. Here's the kicker guy, though. Jeff Spicoli, right? Sean Penn, classic surfer boy. You know, he's not playing Jeff Spicoli. Right? Like, what the hell? <laughs> no. Oh, we don't know who's playing who. They're going to get the roles on the night of. They're going to find out who they're reading, and then they're just going to go with it. So that's going to be badass. Dude, that's epic. Super improv shit, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. Uh, Amy Heckerling, who directed the original film, and James Cameron, who wrote the original film, they're both going to be there for the reading. So I, I just... This will be something everybody will tune into. I agree. And what's the deal with Brad and Jen? <laughs> I'm just saying, all right, you know, all right, just throwing know. that out there. But now it is time for the guest segment, guys. You guys know we teased a little bit a little earlier. Chad Atkins. Yes. Paul Works. Talking about puppies and going to New Orleans, working with Hallmark, because Hallmark loves doing things like this. Yes. So, but this guy was just a genuine, down-to-earth guy, and I just think, Everybody, not just the up-and-comers, but everybody everywhere is going to love this interview. I think so, too. And while it's not wholly entertainment-related, guys, there's a lot of valuable advice for people in the entertainment industry or trying to get into the entertainment industry about when one door closes, open another one. Kick it open yourself and keep moving forward. And that's exactly what this guy did. Exactly. And so it's valuable advice, and you guys are definitely going to want to listen to this one. Exactly. Exactly. Well... Here he is. Chad Atkins, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm. How are you, man? 
I am doing well. Thank you for having me, guys. Oh, man, we are super excited about this. We've been kind of talking about it all week with the listener base about how it's something radically different from what we're used to, but we're super <laughs> excited about it because, I mean, we've, we're both pet owners, you know, yes. and we both recently lost long-term pets. So that, uh, that's – yeah, and so, you know, we're, we're well, in the process. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. We're in the process of trying to find that next one. So um, it's definitely – we're inspired by that. And who doesn't – love what you're doing man and 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 you know rescuing animals and puppies and just all this kind of stuff we're super excited to talk to you man well thank you i mean it's it's kind of become my passion in life i didn't you know go into this thinking i was gonna be a puppy saver and a cat saver but you know life takes you in really different directions and here i am about a decade later saving you know eight thousand animals with my organization paul works so you know it's been an eye-opening experience and you know now i'm helping produce uh, Tales of Joy 2 on Hallmark Channel. So, yeah, it's been a wild ride. Yeah, let's talk about that a little, little bit. For uh, listeners who might not be familiar, let's talk about how it all got started because it didn't start with Paw Works. You actually had like a, a boarding uh, kennel, correct? <laughs> I did. So back in my 20s, I'm now in my 40s, I started a doggy daycare service actually out in the Bay Area. Um, from there, I moved out here to Ventura County here in California, and I took my business with me, and then I had one of my clients who was kind of a bougie woman, um, <laughs> and she was uh, she was helping another nonprofit here locally, and I was I, she said, hey, come help me, come help me. You know, you do great with my dog. Her dog used to actually bite people, mm-hmm. and I helped socialize him and get him really loving everybody, and she's like, you're doing great with my dog. Why don't you come help me with all these dogs? You know, I have all these pit bulls and chihuahuas. It was a very rural shelter low income. So there was a lot of just, you know, owner surrenders and dogs on the streets. And I said, okay, I'll come, you know, donate five hours a week. And, you know, that first week I donated 40 hours of my mm, time. Sure. I, was like, I was like, holy shit, what am I doing? <laughs> so so I, I really was, I was like, okay, I can't do this. Like I realized, I mean, I've always been kind of an all or nothing kind of guy. Uh-huh. And so I went to her after a few weeks and I said, look, my business is starting to suffer. I'm spending so much time here. And I had a couple employees, but I'm not really focusing my time and energy on my business. And she said, well, why don't you see if you can get hired here? And I said, they can't afford me. Like I make way too much doing what I'm doing now. They can't afford me. And she's like, how do you know? You know, why don't you put together a proposal? And so I was like, you know, why not? So I did. And they actually hired me as their shelter manager with my proposal. That lasted about three months of time. Um, there was a board of directors. They were a nonprofit. Um, and they did not like me changing the culture of the way of doing business. You know, I've ran my own business. I'm like, let me do my job. Right. Give me things, benchmarks to hit. They didn't like that. So one week before Christmas, they let me go. Mm. <laughs> so that's crazy. That was a little uh, bittersweet. And so my, the, the bougie woman at the time actually ended up being the executive director to the shelter. You know, she wanted to, she always said, I didn't want to die with a Chanel handbag in my, you know, purse <laughs> yeah. so she wanted to leave a legacy. So she was, you know, acting as the executive director. And she said, you know, look, I've done well for myself. Why don't I donate his salary back every month? Because we work really well together. And they said, oh, we're letting you go too. Oh, so wow. it was oh. like a double whammy. Yeah. And so she was very depressed over the holidays. I was really pissed off, to be honest. Sure. And I tell this story, and I only tell this story to a few people, but I I really started Paul Works, A, because I knew what I was doing. I knew I could do good work. I knew I could change the culture of rescue. And it was a big fuck you. 
Yeah, hell yeah. absolutely. <laughs> hell yeah. This organization that said you weren't good enough, you weren't doing what you're supposed to. I was like, you what? I can do better and I will do better. And here we are, six and a half years later, you know, Parks has become my passion in life. You know, we are, you know, saving 8,000 animals to date now. You know, we're at to about 2,500 dogs and cats a year from high kill shelters all over California. Um, I started working with different networks, Hallmark Channel in general, with uh, Adoption Ever After initiative. Mm-hmm. And I came into contact with a couple producers and Christy Foley, who's with Pleasant Street Entertainment. She's the executive producer. Um, we became very good friends. And I told her I had this idea of, you know, showing rescue and really showing rescue and not sugarcoating it because it's really a it's a bunch of people coming together for the same purpose. Right. And we're all a little crazy. We're all a little off our rockers. Um, <laughs> we like that. <laughs> we really are. We really have lost our minds to some degree. And you take all these personalities and you meld them together. And then, but you have this one crazy passion for saving animals. And I said, we really need to show this. And I really want to show it without sugarcoating it. And she pitched it to Hallmark, which is not really my personal demographic, because as you can see, I like to drop the F-bomb once in a while. Sure, sure. (laughs) Um, But they loved the idea and, you know, came out Tales of Hallmark Channel's Tales of Joy. And the very first one we did back in February aired, and it was all about Paul Works and our rescue of 60 dogs and cats from the Central Valley. And the second Tales of Joy that's airing August 31st at 11 a.m. on Hallmark Channel, um, we go to Louisiana, me and eight other rescues, and we save about 200 dogs and cats from this very rural shelter, mm-hmm. and we transport them back for, to Michigan, Florida, and all the way back to California. Oh, wow. Oh, woo. Yeah, so, well, yeah, a couple of... It's uh, a crazy ride. A couple of things about that right there. We, we are both very interested in the collaboration with Hallmark because, you know, you, you brought it up. I mean, their, their key demographic, their target audience is, is, is mostly female, you know, 18 to 49. And, and do you find that similar to what you see with people with, <laughs> with dog adoptions and or rescues? I mean, are, are those the people that are visiting the shelters? Are those the people that are donating to the fundraisers? I mean, does that collaboration work really well for you all? And how does that correlate? I would tell you, so rescue is primarily driven by women. Um, I think women are the more compassionate part of our species. Um, us men are, can kind of be jerks and we're kind of black and white a lot of times. What? Fuck you, Jack. No, exactly. Exactly. It's true. <laughs> so it, it, it aligns with the demographic of who's in rescue. However, I will say it's kind of across the board of how people donate. Like our donors are mm. men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you really, with men, you have to hit that one, you know, point in their heart that's still red and not black from you know, whatever they lived in their life. Right. And women are just all love and compassion, no matter how much you fuck them over. <laughs> you know. So <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it really fits within who's watching it. Um, I would love to get a demographic of more men Mm. involved because, you know, us combined, you know, men and women, we can really like when we work together, we kind of just change everything. And it's not, you know, cross fighting amongst each other. So, you know, I'm I'm there are men in rescue. Um, I'm one of them, of course. And so, you know, but I, I have a little bit take different take on things. You know, I I collide a lot with different people in the rescue world because 
I'm not overly emotional. I'm very business minded. I look mm. at rescue like a like a business because at the end of the day, if you don't have money in the bank, you can't save animals. Right. That's it. So I, I but I have that compassionate side, and I, you know, I think I've cried five or six times since I started Paul Works, and you know, <laughs> when I cry, everybody around me kind of freaks out. Oh, yeah. I don't do it often because I don't let it get to me. I really compartmentalize what I have to do, which really works for me. Um, but when I need that compassionate side, I have a lot of amazing women that I work with that kind of pull me down and say, okay, it's time to reel that hardness in and, and soften and let's, you know, let's save animals and be compassionate all at the same time. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, the human population are assholes and yeah. they do shitty things and we see the worst of it, but then we see the best of it. Mm, that's good. And I like that you bring up the the fact that it's a business because we talk about that all the time about what we do, you know, as creators and filmmakers and, and, and that type of thing, you get so caught up in the, the creative aspect of it and what you're trying to put out there and the content that you forget sometimes, oh yeah, this is also a business and we have to make some money in order to keep doing this. And, uh, you know, you got to approach it that way. I mean, you know, you, you can't, you can have a passion for what you do and, and, and what you're out there, you know, attempting to succeed at, but you've also got to remember that you, you also have to kind of make a living doing it in order to keep doing it. A hundred percent. I mean, I use, I use accountants, I use lawyers, I use, you know, electricians, you name it, I use it. So yeah, if, if I, again, if I don't have money in the bank, my wa- my washing machine breaks because I'm doing 40 loads a day because I'm cleaning dog shit off of, you know, every kennel. Yeah. I, you know, Hell I yeah. have to think like that. So, and people don't look at that. They, they see it as you just have to be compassionate and you right. just save the animal and you do it at every expense. And it's like, you know, you have to be careful with that because then you get these hoarding cases that happen with people who have the intent of, you know, saving one and then end up having 40 animals in their home, which right. that, that's mentally, that's not good for you either. So mm-hmm. you really have to strike a balance in your life. And that's one thing that I think in the rescue world, you know, the compassion fatigue that we experience and really kind of separating ourselves sometimes, you know, I'm really diligent about that with my people. I work them to death. Don't get me wrong. Cause I work, <laughs> you know, seven days straight, but right. You know, you never stop. Rescue never sleeps. It, you're, you could rescue any hour of the day, any day of the week. But you really have to take that time and take care of yourself and, you know, not, you know, and look at it, everything as how do I balance this in my life? Right. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. And I mean, I have to say, this is pretty amazing to have you on. And I doing some research on you. We see that uh, you took part in helping making Ventura County one of the only no-kill uh, counties in California. Is that correct? That is. So our whole goal when we started was to make Ventura County no-kill. So we went to the county, um, the, the rescue that I worked with prior, and kind of built a relationship with Ventura County, you know, uh-huh. kind of rubbed some people the wrong way. And we're like, listen, we're all in this together. So let's right. build some bridges. And we did that before we left that organization. And then we we walked in and said, listen, we're going to create Paul Ricks, and we're going to dedicate our first year to making Ventura County no kill. Mm-hmm. We actually, with the amount of animals that we pulled from our local two shelters, which you know, constitutes Ventura County Animal Services, we were actually able to help them become no kill within the first 30 days. Oh, wow. Um, So, and that's something that they have kept and I kept achieving since that day. So back in February of 2014, they became no kill for the very first time and they've stayed that status ever since. I love that too. I can't take credit for them staying there, but you know, it was never my intent 
to keep them there. It was my job to help alleviate the pressure of all the inflow of you know animals coming in, and then allow them to create a system where they could actually save animals, get them out, partner with more rescues, you know, build programs where they could you know teach these animals. You know, I they get taxpayer money. I do not. You know, right. I fund it on donation dollars, adoption fees, you know, everything like that. So I don't I don't get the taxpayer dollars that you know they do. They get a, quite a bit, like any animal service. So, yeah. And so now it's, my goal is to, you know, do that with California and we go section by section. We really, I would say for the past 18 months have really focused on the central Valley here in California. And that uh-huh. really constitutes from Bakersfield to pretty much Modesto. Mm. So we're on track this year to save 2,500 dogs and cats. And I would say 95% have come from the central Valley. Wow. 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 Congratulations. That's, yeah. that's epic. Um, now, now, how does how does Paul Works work? Is, is this like um, when you rescue these animals and you bring them in and you care for them? Is this, is this like a a foster operation? Do do you find foster homes for them, or are you guys doing adoption and trying to find forever homes, or is it a mix of both? Or how does it work? So what ends up happening is when we do a transport, and since the COVID world has has happened, we've been doing transports every week for the past what five six months now that we've been in quarantine mm-hmm. um and we're doing anywhere from 40 to 80 animals in each transport uh we actually have a facility out here in camarillo and they all come to the facility they actually get vaccinated deworm defleed you know bathed all in one day this is all done in one day oh, wow and then they get to decompress after that so if they're like underage or they're really medically challenged you know They'll go immediately to the vet or we'll also put the puppies and the underage ones in foster so that, you know, they don't have to stay in this kind of more sterile environment that the facility is. Right. Because the facility is meant to, like, you know, prevent cross-contamination to viruses and stuff like that and really just kind of let the animal decompress in in a more relaxed atmosphere without, Mm -hmm. you know, being running on the streets in 100-degree weather. Um, And then what we do about a week or 10 days after that, depending on if they're healthy they get a clean bill of health and they're altered it will spay and neutered get a microchip all that they actually go out for adoption so we do the whole process wow um and i would say in the past i think i've done the math in the since march 19th um and it's really huge because of covid uh we've never been as busy we've actually saved just in these five months we've saved 1200 dogs and cats And I can tell you last year, all of last year, we saved 1,600 dogs and cats. So in five months, we've saved 1,200. So you can just see how much is happening with the new world we're living in. Right, right. Well, let's talk about the upcoming special a little bit and the the location because it's uh, St. Landry Parish, uh, Louisiana. And, um, That's right. I, yeah, I spent a lot of time living in Louisiana and around that area. I'm La- sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lafayette Parish and, and St. Landry. And I, I, I'll tell you, it is a, a big problem there. there. There's the overpopulation of animals there where they don't spay and neuter and, and they don't, they tend to hoard and they tend to, you know, have the, this reckless attitude about taking care of the animals there. It, it seems like a, a, a wise choice for a location to go in and do a rescue. So, talk about that a little bit about what it was like and why you chose that location and and you know what the what the because at the top of the show you talked about how you wanted to do this special and you kind of want to show it without the sugar coating so talk about that and what it was like and why you chose where you chose and how it was man 
Well, I can tell you it was not my idea. I've never been to Louisiana prior to this, and I've definitely not been to Opelousas, Louisiana, mm. which is where St. Landry's Parish is. Right. Um, however, we have a, a, you know, Hallmark has a very good relationship with uh, Bissell Pet Foundation, mm-hmm. Kathy Bissell, who started that, and they are, of course, Bissell Vacuums. Um, so she has a pet foundation, and she does a lot, of course, because she's uh, in Michigan. So she does a lot in the Midwest and a lot in the South. And this is kind of one of her shelters that she helps out a lot in those in that area. Um, so we were partnering with Bissell Pet Foundation for this Tales of Joy, and she recommended that we go out to St. Landry's and really, you know, kind of do this group effort because she has done this before. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, great, let's go out there. And I actually went out there with the intent of just being a producer on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was there and I was like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> literally I was there and I looked at uh, Christy Foley, who's the executive producer. And I looked at my team because I brought a couple people with me and I was like, uh, I can't leave these dogs here. Yeah. So we ended up ourselves bringing back about 40 dogs. Mm. Um, and we drove them from Louisiana to California. Wow. So, um, and all together we saved about 200 between all the other rescues. Um, one, in, one from Florida and then seven from Michigan. Um, but yeah, it really became a labor of love. And again, I don't choke up much. I choked up a little bit there and I would say, you know, I didn't get to experience the culture of the area very much, but you, you drive by, you're saving 200 dogs and then you drive by and you see, you know, them laying on the, the railroad track. So right. it definitely is a mentality there that dogs are, and they are in our world, they're treated as private property. That's what the law states. They're treated as private property. And definitely in that area, that's how they're treated. They're treated as second class citizens. They're outside. You know, I'm not saying everybody's like that. Of course, that's not what I'm saying. Um, but that's a general consistent consensus. You know, if you're worried about putting food on the table for your kids or feeding your dog, definitely there, they're putting food on the table for their kids. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're treated as such and, and not worried about as much. And it's easy to, you know, let them not worry about staying neuter, but, but it's all the education. And I think if the options were out there and they were more prevalent in that area, I think it would be, you know, it would get better, but you also have to put yourself out there and who wants to put themselves out there and really change a culture. That's a lot of work. Right. I'm not saying I, I mean, I would do that, but it would take a lot. It would take a lot of money. It would take a lot of time. It would be heart and soul to really change a community. And that's what you have to do. You can't change just one person. You really work in the community and you, you get one person at a time, but it's really the community that has to get behind you. I mean, that's kind of how Paul works succeeded is we really, had the community really push us forward. And once they heard, you know, we're doing no kill here in Ventura County, you know, they're, they're all behind us. So, you know, Opelousas, Louisiana, it was an eye opening experience. Um, I have a great team myself. So they drove, it took them three days. It's 26 hours of driving alone, had to, you know, stop every six to eight hours to, give them water. This is right. the middle of February. So we're talking winter. We're not talking right, this right, right. summer that we're having right now. <laughs> um, but we're talking winter. So it's cold. Actually, one of my, it was a uh, boyfriend and girlfriend and they, they're in a relationship. So it worked out. But the boyfriend <laughs> actually slept in the car every night to keep the heater on. Wow. Um, because there's no hotel that's going to take 40 dogs. Right, right. right. You know, 
<laughs> that's so, dedication right there, man. That's like Yeah, but then he slept on the road the whole time while she drove. So, <laughs> hey, you know, it's a trade off. There you go. But well, like we go. were talking about, women will always be there to love us at the end. <laughs> right. like, they will. No matter what you do. They keep us going. Right. That's right. But I, you know, you bring up education and I think that's important because that's a lot that's one of the main initiatives of Paul Works is your yourself, like doing this podcast and doing the shows on Hallmark and and, and I mean the the press store that you that you do on a regular basis is I think it's so important in so critical to get the message out there exactly. that there are other options that it doesn't have to be that way that you saw in Opelousas. And we should say that St. Landry Parish is one of the economically challenged parishes in Louisiana. Um, I mean, it is a poor community. And so you're right there. It's do I put food on the table or do I do this with these dogs and, and cats? And and unfortunately, that that's the way it is. But I think what you're doing in your organization and the education, I think that's key to helping stop a lot of what we see in that type stuff well i mean 100 percent. i mean i really believe that it as much as i do in my generation we're really not going to end pet over population i'm going to do my damnedest mm-hmm. um but i'm re- it's really not going to fully change but what i hope to teach my own son who's almost 13 and the kids coming up is i you know i actually have a child pet ambassador program and we're actually one of the only that i know of in our area that allows children as young as six to actually hands-on work with the animals and they're not doing anything strenuous they're literally just setting with dogs and cats that might not otherwise want to be around a child and it's a liability issue but it definitely teaches the kids compassion Mm -hmm. and it educates them about rescue animals but on top of that it really helps the animals get used to you know different people different things um but i really believe it's that generation the ones coming up right now that are you know from six to 15 that are really going to make a difference in our world you know there's so much more wide open to ideas and changing things and thinking outside the box than than even my generation you know i'm i'm 42 almost so I think as we get older, we get a little more stubborn and we get a little more set in our ways. Right. And these kids nowadays, I mean, you can be whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. And no one looks a blind eye. So, you know, it's this program that I think will ultimately and these kids that will really change the future. Yeah. And I mean, I have to say the kids growing up now, they're lucky enough to have someone like yourself who's there to show them the ways, teach them how to do all these things and to have a conversation because we talk about it all the time that the gray area, not a lot of people like to have the conversation, but you're breaking in the door and making people have the conversation, which (laughs) is a great thing to do, especially with our animals that we hold so loving and dear to our heart and it just needs to happen and we need to have them as one of our first priorities and i completely wholeheartedly agree with you well yeah you either love me or hate me and you know (laughs) i'm the generation that we're not afraid of work yeah but we also like it easy yeah (laughs) (laughs) we're not going to work harder than we have to you know that's right a few generations before me worked their asses off and didn't really think about how to work smarter not harder that's it generations like let's work hard but not that hard let's 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 try having other people work for us so now i want my kids to work for me and they're all like just heart they are just they ooze heart which you know my doesn't really work for 
me, but it works for our world. So. <laughs> there we go. You know what I really like to is is just your straightforward honesty. Yeah, man. it's so refreshing to have somebody. Yeah, you know that doesn't work for me. Fuck it, we're good. We're just gonna go this way or that way. We love that, man. We just we love that approach. And you're right. I, I think hopefully you know generations after us can learn that you know it's okay to work uh, smart, not always hard, right? Like yes, I, I feel 100%. like sometimes working smart is hard. I mean, you know, depending on who you're dealing with, it could be both, right? Like, uh, absolutely, you know. And, and our, then we'll, I'll teach that generation. You know, they'll 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 get to know Uncle Chad very well. <laughs> I don't mean that in a creepy way. That's another special. Well, yeah, it'll be down the line. It'll be yeah. great. <laughs> Conversations with Uncle Chad. That's right. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Yeah. If you need us to produce that, let us know. We'll come right on board. We got you. Uh, (laughs) Oh man! So tell everybody again when the special airs because we want everybody to watch it. So when when does it air again? So it's airing August thirty first at eleven a.m. on the Hallmark Channel, not their side movie one, on the actual Hallmark Channel. Uh, It's Eastern and Pacific time at eleven o'clock in the morning. So. If you're a diehard, you know, Hallmark fan, you need to sit down, have your popcorn or your lunch ready and be ready to watch it and cry and have your Kleenex because there's the happy, you know, I do know how to make people cry. I'm really good at it. (laughs) Not always for the right reasons, but I can make people cry. Uh, You will definitely shed some tears. (laughs) And that's a good thing, though. They're good tears this time. So it's a good thing. 100%. And uh, Paul Works is everywhere on social media. Tell everybody where they can find you on social media as well, because we definitely want everybody to follow you yep so it's paul works it's p-a-w-w-o-r-k-s it's two words don't forget the s on the end because then you won't find us we're (laughs) on twitter instagram facebook we have some youtube videos out there we have a website paulworks.org it's because we're a nonprofit, so don't forget the org um, so yeah, you just Google us, you'll find us. Fantastic. And then one more thing I wanted to bring up and, and, uh, because, and I hope this is correct. Cause doing in the research, I looked, but it kind of folds back into our industry a little bit. Are you not like one of the first nonprofit organizations to have like a celebrity on your board of trustees? Is, is Kaylee Cuoco still on your board? And how did that all she, come about? <laughs> so she was on our board for two years and then she did her due diligence and she stepped <laughs> away and wanted to expand, you know, into opening up because, you know, once you get on the board of something you're kind of dedicated primarily to them um and she's a huge animal lover Mm -hmm. horses goats pigs you name it she loves it um but quickly that i'll give you a really quick story but she came on the board because i actually had a friend who did some private photography for her um and he had kind of told me oh you know I, i know the celebrity she loves animals and i was like well who is it you know and i like you've scene i don't mince words right very straightforward and he finally said oh it's kaylee cuoco and i was like oh that's awesome okay (laughs) so for about three months you know he kept me on the fence of because you know you also don't want to approach celebrities in a way you get one ask on certain uh, with certain people right right so he's like i have to be careful not to and i was like okay how how fucking long does this take (laughs) ask her her anything like even if we can have a picture with her i don't know right (laughs) and and so what ended up happening was she was going on the uh, – what is it called? I'm going to blank. But the LL uh show where you sing along. Oh, yeah, the lip sync battle. Yeah. Yes. So she was going on that shortly. And I reached – he got the email from her mom because he knew her mom better than her. And her mom said, just email her. Who cares? She, <laughs> if she doesn't want to respond, she won't respond. And I was like, great. 
So I got the email, responded to her, and she said, you know, it must be kismet because I have to choose a nonprofit to donate $10,000 to um, for this lip sync challenge, and I'm going to do it for you guys. I was oh, like, wow. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but right? great. And then our, our relationship just blossomed, and, you know, I was invited to her wedding, um, which was great. And, you know, so she really became part of the Paul Ricks family, and she always will be. Uh, she's always welcome back anytime, but, you know, she's on to bigger, better things, and so are we. So, you know, we're growing together, but in different ways, but she's she's great. She's the best animal advocate you could have. Well, dude, I can't think of a better way to end than on a story like that. I That's know, absolutely right? epic. I, I love it. I, again, I just love the honesty. It's like, well, how the fuck long does this take? Just ask her. <laughs> it's, like, it's so good, man. It's so good. And speaking of open invite, man, just anytime you want to come back in, man, you're a part of the Crazy Ant family now. So anything we can do to help get the word out there about the mission and what you guys are trying to do, dude, open invite. You're always welcome to come and you know just talk with us and, and, and just chill out and, and get it out there, man. Yeah. Well, awesome. You know, I keep saying I want to go somewhere. I can constantly say the word fuck. So now I know where to go. <laughs> exactly. Right here on Inside the Crazy. <laughs> That's Empire. right. That's right. And the women will love it. They won't cry here if you say that. You know, they, they love that. So it's all good. <laughs> Oh my well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no, and thank you, man. Like I said, you know, we're always trying to broaden the horizon and do different things, and 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 we just think this is a really great cause, and you're a really great guy, and uh, we're thrilled that you came on to talk to us today, man. I appreciate everything. Thank you so much. You bet. Take care now. <laughs> you too. Bye bye. Bye. So good, man. Yeah. So good. Like, I mean, like we said before, it's something we've never done before and just still so damn entertaining. It really was. And I just, I really like, I mean, so many different approaches that he comes at it, though. It's like, you know, it's my passion, but I can't be too passionate. Yeah, exactly. And it's a business and I have to remember that it's a business. And then, you know, just all these different aspects of how he's doing it and why he's doing it. And, and it's just, it's really inspiring, though, to see somebody take a hold of it and say this is a problem that exactly. needs to be addressed and i'm gonna try to do something about it exactly so. just such a great conversation i'm so glad i love the story about uh, kyoko there fucking it's just so good yeah so and, good. and the firing guys and gals if you're listening we are always saying this usually everything happens for a reason exactly. right and the idea that he got fired right before christmas and gave the big f you you know and moved on to bigger better things look at him now so if if a door slams shut on you man just give the big f you and move to the next challenge because exactly. it's Meant to happen, right? Exactly. So, just great advice. <laughs> seriously, seriously. Thank you again, Chad Atkins, for coming on the show. All right, now it is time for the top five segment. Oh, so damn difficult. <laughs> <sighs> Jason. I know. Arr. Shout out to Jason, podcast producer, doing some amazingly hard things. <laughs> <sighs> Fucking, I teased it last week with the cult films that I'm a huge gangster movie fan. Yes. And so this week, it is top five gangster films. Yes. Damn it. It was so hard. It really was, oh, man. man. It really was. There's so many that I just wanted to put on here, but just couldn't because we don't have the room or the time. It's true. And it's just so damn good. But my number five is 
Last Man Standing. This is a very, very underrated gangster mobster film. Uh, it stars Bruce Willis, and it's basically like a gangster western where these motherfuckers are out in like Nevada before uh, Las Vegas and shit, and right. they're just basically trying to colonize. And it's kind of like mobsters in the sense where there's two gangs in this western town, and uh, Bruce Willis's character comes and just like plays both of the gangs against each other, basically works for both parties and fucks everything up but it's a really good movie man it's really underrated not a lot of people know about it but last man standing be sure to watch it there you go my number five is uh the star you're more than familiar with with gangster films the film you might not have heard of but it in my opinion maybe one of his best roles ever i'm talking about bobby de niro yeah uh the film once upon a time in america Mm. uh yeah it's about a jewish gangster family uh um, that you know integrated to New York and, and you know ran the gambit as, as a crime family, and then it takes span over forty years, and it kind of shows you the story of them coming over the, on their rise to the you know being the mob bosses and ruling everything, and then their downfall, and now they're kind of like in their old age now, talking about it all kind of a thing. But it is one hell of an intense crime drama gangster film, and De Niro is absolutely at his best hell in yeah. this film. I mean, can you have a crime family or gangster film without De Niro right like I mean I'm just saying it's check it out if you haven't seen it once upon a time in America really good definitely definitely well my number four is waist deep starring Tyrese Gibson this one's basically all about a guy who is trying to get out of the life and then freaking he was just on his way home from a freaking day at work as a security guard and his Fuck, he gets carjacked, basically, with his son in the back seat. He doesn't give a fuck about the car, but the whole time, this is about getting his son back. And, like, he, it's just crazy, man. Uh, the game is in it, the rapper, the game. And just, I love this because to have that bond to try to get somebody, like, that you love so significantly back in your life and you don't want anything to happen to them and you don't want anything to harm them so it's just a really really good film waist deep tyrese gibson and megan good as well uh, i mean uh, first of all megan good probably one of the most underrated actresses i Agreed. swear to god she is so good y'all that is a like freaking fantastic film um I, I have a trend going, and you guys will see what I'm talking about. My number four is another gangster movie with Bobby De Niro. Um, <laughs> Goodfellas with Ray Liotta. And, I mean, guys, I think it's it's hands down, undeniably, one of the all-time great gangster films, right? Like, I mean, the, the one-liners in there and, and the things that go on in that film, freaking just, like, if – we know you've seen it. Just I don't even have to explain the film to you, Goodfellas. It's just you know why it's on my list. You know why it's an, a great gangster film. And if you haven't seen it, what the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? That's the real question. Goodfellas. What the fuck? Goodfellas. All right. So am I like ha-ha funny or am I like th- it, that it, kind it, of exactly, funny? Exactly. Like, exactly. I mean, come on. I know. Come on. All right. <laughs> so funny. So mm-hmm. funny. I, only that movie can make Joe Pesci be like the hard ass fucking busting people's balls. That's and right. Shit. That's like, right. So like uh, that's another guy. If you, can you do a gangster movie without Pesci? I know. I, I don't know. Uh, At least a, you know a, a, an Italian or a Jewish mafia type gangster movie. Exactly. I don't think. I think it's a rule. Like, it, yeah, you have yeah. to put that. <laughs> it's got to be Bobby De Niro or Joe Pesci or both. Yeah. Like exactly. You know. Exactly. 
My number three is The Departed. Multiple reasons. Everybody knows that it was on my cop. Uh, <laughs> what is with you in that word today, I don't man? Know. I don't my know. cop thrillers <laughs> list. Uh, and then, of course, Mark Wahlberg. Leo, everybody knows, one of my all-time favorite actors. Uh, Jack Nicholson. And loosely based on Whitey Bulger. I will. We went back and did the research. It's true. You were right. Um, and so it was just such a good movie, guys. Such a good movie about basically the parallels of growing up in a place like Boston, whether you're either going to be a gangster or you're going to be a cop. And just the way they played everything, just an absolutely brilliant movie. Martin Scorsese, one of his finest, and just amazing. So yeah. good, so good. Check um, it out. I, I can't argue with any of that. I, I, I it's boy the, you know the, the my favorite thing about these top fives over the past few weeks is the 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 content that are on these lists yeah. is amazing guys if you like go watch all of them yes yeah, seriously um, okay I'm gonna step away from De Niro for a minute no way I, I gotta step away from De Niro for a minute because not all gangsters are mafia right like so I'm gonna jump into the hood. Boys in the Hood Oof. is on my list. Yes. John Singleton, just a masterpiece by a master director, John Singleton. Morris Chestnut, Ice Cube, Lawrence Fishburne, just like all these fucking amazing people about coming up in the hood and being trapped in gangster life and trying to work your way out of it. And it's just, it's an epic telling of, unfortunately, things I feel like that are still going on. At the top of the show, we're talking about the murder, you know, of rappers. And like, this is hardcore, guys. And I think this is a eye-opening, stark reality look at life in that type of a neighborhood and what people are forced into, Not sometimes not by choice. Exactly. And, um, so it's a d- deep character study about you know life in the hood and, and coming up that way. So Boys in the Hood, if you haven't watched it, do yourself a favor by, like I said, just a brilliant film by the late John Singleton and um, – yeah, so I just it, it's so good. Definitely. Watch it, guys. Definitely. And my number two, a highly underrated freaking gangster film, Public Enemies. Mm, yes. Johnny Depp yes. as John Dillinger. Just an epic ass fucking bank robber, and nobody really knows if that was – it's kind of like a Kennedy situation. Nobody really knows if that's the real John Dillinger that died. Like, but It's true. I, it was just such a good movie, and our buddy Spencer Garrett. Yes, I was just in, about like, to say that. In that movie. Because like, he's in everything. He's in freaking <laughs> everything. But Public Enemy is such a good movie. Um, definitely – I remember going to watch it in the theaters, and it's definitely one that I will remember forever, and – it. The theatrical experience is needed for movies like this. Yes. 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 And yes. And yes. Spencer Garrett, Johnny Depp, all you need to know. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. Brilliant <laughs> film. Okay, I'm getting back on the De Niro train, okay? I'm back to Bobby. Back to Bobby, all right? Uh, are you talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. Okay. Uh, I am jumping in. My number two is The Untouchables. Mm. It's a great one. The great one. Elliot Ness, Al Capone. I mean, fucking Kevin Costner and De Niro. And... and and Sean Connery. Yeah, buddy. Enough said. Enough said. Have you seen this film? Have you fucking seen this film? <laughs> like, if you haven't, what? Exactly. It's a brilliant, brilliant masterpiece of a gangster film about the takedown of Capone and, and Elliot Ness's rise in the FBI. Do yourself a favor. Watch it. Yes. Okay. I feel like that's good. I mean, (laughs) you mentioned Kevin Costner, Bobby De Niro, and Sean Connery. You shouldn't have to say anything else. That's it. Okay. That's it. (laughs) 
Well, my number one is a movie that I just cherish because it's so damn good, and there's so many great actors in it. Mobsters. Mm. Freaking about Lucky Luciano, yes. Buzzy Siegel, uh, Meyer Lansky, and Frank Costello all growing up in the gang. And, like, I mean, we got Christian Slater. Mm. We got freaking Rodney Eastman, who played fucking, uh, oh boy, uh, I believe Bugsy Siegel. Yep. And uh, Costas Mandalore as Frank Costello. But, but, guys, but, but, you know who pr- played Meyer Lansky? Who? Patrick Dempsey. Yeah. Patrick Dempsey played Meyer Lansky and a gangster movie. So this is by far my number one gangster film. Boom. And if I had to say it, if you if you're talking about all time gangster movies with the best hair, all time gangster movies, <laughs> this one would have to be it. Fucking, like. this is the best one. Be sure to watch this shit. It's so damn good. And fucking, I just got Patrick Dempsey did a great job. Uh, portraying Meyer Lansky and Christian Slater did a great job yeah, portraying Lucky, Lucky Luciano. Yeah, it was just, so damn good. Uh, speaking of another underrated actor, yeah. Christian Slater oh, is I just a brilliant guy. No, God, he I, is underrated. I, I, I wouldn't he be able. Underrated. I wouldn't be able to get out of here if I said that. I mean, you know, I can't attack his man crush. I said he had great hair. Okay, all right. I do like Patrick Dempsey, guys. I, I love Patrick. He's great. <laughs> um, and kudos to you. I just want to say this is brilliant because you actually put together a top five about gangster films and didn't – you actually found five without De Niro. Exactly. Thank you. My list <laughs> is continuing the trend because my number one is the Godfather trilogy yeah. of which – Bobby is in. He is Because in. can you do a gangster film without De Niro? <laughs> no! <laughs> the answer is no! So, all kidding aside, though, I mean, can you have a list of all-time gangster films and not include The Godfather? Right. It's the epitome of gangster films. Exactly. It's, it's the gangster film of which all gangster films come from. Like, <laughs> I just... Oh, I mean... Three, yeah, one and two, yeah, but you know, three, but one. I mean, Jesus, it it it's by not just one of the best gangster films of all time, just one of the best films of of all all time. time. I mean, so Francis Ford Coppola and just you know, so good, it's so good, and there it is. But yeah, kudos, you like found five without De Niro, exactly. He he, De Niro's coming for you. Oh yeah, yeah. I wanted to put Goodfellas (laughs) up there, but you got your done with your list. I know, I know. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. You know. That's like when you snag my 80s movies. Yeah, I'm exactly. like, son of a bitch! Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Now it is time for the box office recap. Oh man, oh man. There's a lot of good stuff coming out, especially with the theaters reopening. Yep. Um, the predictions will be coming back soon, so stay tuned for that. Um, number five this week was Made in Italy that brought in 21000 mm. Number four was The Big Ugly that brought in twenty four. or First one was twenty one thousand. The second one's twenty four thousand. There you go. Uh, the third one is the rental with seventy eight thousand. Number two was the tax collector Shia LaBeouf's one with yes. two hundred and four thousand. And number one, SpongeBob the movie. Sponge on the run. Sponge on the run. He's a sponge on the run. <laughs> Uh, if that's not in there, epic fail, guys. That's all I'm saying. It right. should have been. It should have been. Hell yeah. Almost a million dollars. You you were right saying there. which film would be the first film to crack the million dollars without being able to be full fat theatrical release. Almost. SpongeBob. Almost. SpongeBob. Almost. Damn. Uh, <laughs> but 
Now it is time for the IMDb Pro trending segment. Yes. You guys know we love this zap. It's basically where we get all of our industry news from, where we track people, where we reach <laughs> out to guests. We don't like track people, hunt them down. We are but, tracking you. We are right. looking for you. Like We're like the new FBI. Yeah, yeah you know. You know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But so much great stuff on this app, guys. If you're an up-and-comer and any part of the entertainment industry, you need this app. That's right. Um, the top trending movie is by no surprise, Project Power. Yes. Jamie Foxx's latest one on Netflix. Be sure to check that out. Um, and the top trending TV show is still The Umbrella Academy. It's rocking and rolling, yep. getting a lot of publicity right now. And the top trending star is Aiden Gallagher. From The Umbrella Academy. From The Umbrella Academy. We know that because we used IMDb Pro. That's right. <laughs> it's the Bible. The Bible. Oh, man. It's been a great show. Episode 126 has been amazing and a huge part of that has been our guest chad atkins yes. for coming on to talk about his nonprofit organization and talking about all that he does for california and making ventura county a no-kill county and working to make california a no-kill state yes so he's doing some amazing things be sure to follow him and educating the youth exactly because that's what it's all about guys you, you got to start young and educate and get those people involved in, in these type of things and thanks dude for like sharing that awesome story about kaylee cuoco yeah right that was really fucking hilarious it was. but that was good that was good stuff definitely definitely and of course you can follow us on social media anywhere you have social media uh at Crazy Ant Media, uh, be sure to follow the company profile. Be sure to follow the podcast, ItCap Podcast, mm, mm-hmm. everywhere and anywhere. Uh, we have started a new a branch off of ItCast Podcast behind the scenes. It's on YouTube. Be sure to check it out. Uh, be sure to follow us both personally on social media because we have a lot of opinions on things. Myself, at JLo Fantastic, and Crazy Ant Guy 1970. Yes, right. Yes, right. And you guys know you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and so much more. If you're watching this video on YouTube, be sure to like the video, hit that subscribe button, ring that bell, (laughs) do all those amazing YouTube things that you love to do. And of course, if you want to start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear, be sure to head over to our website, crazyantmedia.com, where there's just so much great stuff. Our new merch up like literally every month. Every month. Be sure to get your honor crazy ant shirts be sure to get hands down shirts be sure to get hell yeah shirts there's so much guys there's There's so much something for everybody you know what i'm gonna do it would be absolutely epic and i can't help it but i just want to do it would be absolutely epic if we could get anita ward to come do this part of the show where she says ring that bell i know right you know you can ring my bell remember that it would be epic for her to tell you to ring i'm sorry it just popped in my head it's like is anita ward available to tell you to ring the bell i gotta make that happen it's so good man (laughs) so good but i gotta say my favorite part of it calf 126 has been probably the top five because those are always so damn fun but i mean gangster film that's my niche so i just love that's my favorite genre ever even sean pym's uh sean pym's one that he did a couple years ago that was yeah i mean it was still pretty good still pretty good but i mean of course patrick dempsey of course that's a huge part of it anytime he can work in dempsey that's how it it never goes away it never goes away yeah it's fine though 
Um, I gotta say, I agree. I, I loved the top five, but I'm just gonna be honest because since birth, comic geek, right? And so my <laughs> favorite part of the show was obviously talking about DC fandom and all of the epicness of all of the Batman shit and the potential for the Flash movie, yeah, man, and all that kind of stuff. I'm super stoked, and so I can just tell everybody right now because you know who else is part of the DC fandom coming up and everything, Lucifer. And so I'm going to be spending my entire weekend binge-watching the entire season five of Lucifer and watching fandom. That's right. Oh, don't don't look at me. Don't, don't look at – I'm a geek, and I have the right to be geek all weekend. That's you're, all I'm you're, you're watching the video, but don't look at me. <laughs> don't look at me. Uh, Fucking <laughs> ring the bell. Don't look at me. Just don't do it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know who is also probably a big DC fandom fan? Oh, you and, know she is. And she should definitely be Martha Wayne in the next Batman adaptation. <laughs> oh, bro. <Oprah! laughs>